Before we start today, we'd like to talk about the fine, upsetting gentleman that sponsored this here podcast, Cheapskate Hockey. Cheapskate Hockey is without a doubt the best in the hockey apparel business, boasting a range of headwear, shirts, sweaters, and jerseys for guys and girls, as well as a bunch of handy add-ons like air fresheners, helmet decals, and for those of you that like to get a little creative, pins and patches. Wow, but Holy Puck listeners are in luck, as you are all privy to a discount code at Cheapskate Hockey. All you need to do is go to their website cheaptayhockey.com buy some stuff and at your cart enter holy puck and you'll get a raging 15% off your purchase Cheapskate Hockey the game you proudly love now has clothing you can proudly wear let's do it let's get in there let's knock this out by nine so I can watch some television with my wife who's like oh do you still live here because I just got home from taking a week for hockey that's sick. Also, a great start of the episode. That's right. This is episode 49 of the Holy Pop Podcast. I am John. This is Cam with me as always. We're here to talk a little hockey, a lot of shit, but most importantly, respect the sidebar. Now we are done with round one of the playoffs, Cam. We're going to get through the final breakdown of how we saw the, the different matchups play out. We're going to talk a little bit about Jack Eichel and his, his reign at the Buffalo Eichels. Um, which is he's now the supreme leader, obviously. Obviously, a couple of uh, conspiracy theories, Cam. How was the first round for you, my man? I don't even know where to begin. There's been so much <laughs> to take in lately. Like, it's a roller coaster. And, oh, my God. Well, and as fun as the hockey has been, the, the, the abuse and the online smoke fest has been just as good. It could be better. better. Like, Jack Eichel's made it easy to tease him. Um, the Montreal Canadiens have made it really easy to tease him, which we can tackle a little later on. So easy um, to make fun of Blackhawks fans. So great. Oh my god! Toronto, Toronto fans have made it really easy to tease them, and here's the thing: I don't. I'm not one of those Bruins fans that hates the Toronto Maple Leafs. I actually, hockey's better when they're better, and a good rivalry revolves around both teams being good, and they're just a fun, exciting club to watch. But they dared to dream, John. They allowed themselves to start believing. See, they told us all year. They're like, man. It's just yeah. a good year. It doesn't matter. We don't need to make the playoffs. And, and then so you're funny. like, oh, if we make the playoffs, it's okay. And then they won a game and they're like, oh, shit, maybe we've we got can this. win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then literally all of Toronto went, stop everything. We're winning the Stanley Cup. And then that obviously didn't happen. Um, I, yeah. I, I really dig it because I was, I was listening to uh, Mike Babcock's final press conference for the year t- earlier today. And let me just tell you, one, what a class act. But two, holy shit, is that dude on message? Like, straight away, he's like, no, nah, we didn't expect to make the playoffs. Just getting there was great. And then, like, one dude's like, yo, but you traded for Boyle. So, and he's like, oh, no, no, it was just a thing. Don't worry about it. It's like, well, obviously, they were, they, like, as soon as that looked like they might even make it, they're like, what do we do? Oh, crap, someone do something. And then straight away, they're like, I know, Boyle. And they've just gone for I, it. I, I was shocked to see him so calm. I was kind of hoping he was just like, uh, Total bullshit. Uh, bag skate tomorrow, 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I like how you, you somehow verbalized that like deep bottom lip of his. Phenomenal. Oh my it's God. mental because I've already got a deep voice and I had to take it down another notch to get it right. Oh, that, but I gotta, I'm just going to say, his bottom lip is probably my favorite thing about the Maple Leafs right now. Like, for real. Like, there's just, just the thing, so much gap. Here's the thing. On a Maple Leafs game plan, right? If you saw the letters PP, you would think that meant power play. It actually doesn't. In Toronto, PP means permanent pout. Yeah. <laughs> With an extra P for the mumble at the start. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not pouting. Yeah. I'm just very interested in hockey. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess his conference today was really just to, I guess, 
take the fans down a notch and just tell them to just chill the fuck out. Like, you know, he wants he wants his club to focus back on, I guess, building yeah. for the future. And, you know, hey, you know, we, we actually were in a rebuild and, you know, we were really lucky to make it. But, you know, you know, Toronto sports fans, as soon as the, the words, we were really lucky to make it, immediately turns into we're going all the way next year and that's what we have to do now that we made the playoffs once. So it's just, it's, that's just how it is, you know? Oh, and they should be happy and proud of themselves because here's the thing, and as someone far smarter than me has pointed out, they were they were neck and neck with someone like the Buffalo Sabres two years ago. Like they were both rebuilding, and they have just they have blown right past them. Oh, totally. And I mean, great year. Everything was great. I fucking I loved everything they did this year. They were great to watch. Like I mean, as a Capitals fan, they were unreal to play um, in the postseason. Like they were extremely well matched. They could fucking skate like anyone's business. But at the end of the day, like Toronto fans need to fucking turn it down. Like they need because nah, you know, you know what? Like I'm gonna get off the the ship slinging the ship slinging chair for a minute because they've Whoa. actually been pretty well behaved. Like there's been a few uppity ones saying, "Yep, not nah, a ours, but everyone else has been pretty measured. Like you know what? I'm just happy we did this and it's good. And I've, I've spoken to dudes who are like I've been on this earth for 24 years. It's the first time we've been. Decent. seriously competitive <laughs> yeah, for, a, yeah. for a consistent period of time yeah and i like that they i will say what the, the big positive out of the whole thing is the fact that the whole the whole organization end to ends signed up for the rebuild and they're like this is what we're going to go through and it's going to take five years and we'll be unreal so you know they're like you know year three basically year two of so they made the decision and now they're executing and you know i think badcock's the right guy and I just hope they don't put too many too many expectations on you know the Barners and the Austins of the world and you know and the Gardeners now who've made out a step up. Um, I'm just I'm 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 just excited to see what's going to happen. I just hope that it, it doesn't go to the, the fans' heads. That's 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 all I'll say. How's what you just said to you said the Marners and the Austins and whatnot like Marner and Austin or, or Austin Marner sounds like a really shit like wuss rock shimmery indie rock band. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Cardigan Rock more more like it. You know yeah, I mean? like I, I feel like racially insensitive white women um, going to Coachella would be super interested in the Austin Miners, oh, um, the, yeah. wandering, the, the Wandering Austins or something the like wandering that. Wandering Austins. Like, this really just sounds like, like a fucking Hives cover band. Yeah, I'm into it. We should probably trademark it before someone else does and makes money off that. Yeah, we really should. I feel like we could be like the next Simon Cowell. Uh, I don't really want to unbutton my shirt that low. I feel it's kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not into creeping that deep. I mean, I've, you, what, you take a few risks buttoning down, and the dude still has like a non-ironic marine-style flat top. Yeah, and and the, the weird like button-down t-shirts, like it's 2017, man. Dial it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's all a little bit. It's all a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little too much. It's anyway. Anyway, so look before before we get into the quick and not so shit here. Do you have something you need to rubbish me about? Yeah, you know what? I was I was going to, and I thought about <laughs> it. I thought about it all day, and I'm like, is it fair to rip you a new one based on the fact that the Sands crushed you? And I'm like, you know what? I think the bees did a pretty good job. You got cooked by some shitty calls, but at the end of the day, like. I think it's all good news for Bees fans. Like, Bees fans should not be upset with the loss. I think that they put in a pretty good effort. No one expected them to make it anyway. They turn around the last, you know, month of the season. So, you know what? I'm not going to roast you. I'm just going to say good things are coming for the Bees, man. And I, I, 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to roast you. I don't think that's fair. Like, because I, I, I think we'll get into a little bit later in terms of conspiracy theories. But, you know, I think there's a little bit more to it. But, you know, I'm not going to roast you for it. I'm just going to say, haha, the bees suck. Deal with it. But I think next year is going to, you guys are going to be pretty dangerous. Uh, thanks for that, John. I appreciate it. I will say there is some very stupid vocal minority fans for, for every major sporting team in every sport. But I was trolling some Bruins fans and there is just some outrageous <laughs> comments coming from some RGG and I actually bookmarked some of them. I'm not going to say the names right, but there was one dude who legitimately said, it's time to trade Rask and run with Hudo. Are you fucking kidding me? One dude said, Chara looked like a zombie out there and added no value. He's 40 years old and he played 33 minutes a night. This dude's rig tells me he hasn't done 33 minutes on a treadmill in about 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, though, generally when it comes to, like, crackpot theories and just, in general, stupid fandom, pretty solid it's going to be coming out of the bees camp. Like, either that or it's Montreal. So, like, it's, it's a, it's so a good... It's so unfortunate and so embarrassing. Because oh, man. Thing, right? Your fan like, base if you were, sucks, if, if you were 100%. walking down the street and you were wearing a Washington Capitals hat and another hockey fan spied you, you'd give them the hey, sup, and you might have a little bit of chat and they would automatically assume you're on the level. Whereas I have to work for about 10 minutes in every conversation to prove that I'm not a fuckwit because so many before me have shown that they are, in fact, massive fuckwits. You're not wrong. Like, and that's, I was actually just about to say, like, as a Capitals fan, like, generally most Capitals fans are on the other end of the spectrum. Like, we're used to crushing defeat, so we're a bit more defeatist. But at the same time, like, we kind of, like, get it. Like, we actually know most of the rules and that sort of thing. We understand matchups. Whereas, I feel like most Bees fans that I've met, yourself excluded, obviously, literally are just blabbering idiots that actually have no idea. Like, I don't even know if they're aware that they're watching hockey. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like well, they've gone so far past... <laughs> Here were some of the other comments. I saw one dude who said, Charlie McAvoy's shit. He doesn't even look like he can grow a beard. Well, yeah, he's fucking 19 years old, dude. Do you know what I was doing when I was 19 years old? My first year, like my gap year when I finished high school, I spent the whole year crushing tinnies in my mate's spa and going to the pub. Charlie McAvoy, dare I say, a little bit more productive than your boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that they're like straight away on his case and like legitimately he played his first NHL game in a playoff game. Like maybe just give it a spell for a minute. Like outrageous fan calls. I feel like we could spend all day roasting bees fans for saying outrageous things because let's be honest, they've said some shit over the years. Oh, and look, it, it comes from everywhere. Like I, I can't remember who I was listening to today. It may have been the American Wyshynski podcast. And one of them was saying that at the Rangers game where they ousted the Habs, the crowd broke into a chant of USA, USA. And he's like, your goaltender who won you the series is Swedish and the dude who scored the game-winning goal is Norwegian. Have you considered shutting the fuck up because you're embarrassing yourself? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, Rangers fans are another beast altogether. But I mean, I, I was listening to, I think, maybe the same podcast and they were commenting about how the, the, the series-winning goal there was like two Rangers fans sitting like right up against the ice and they weren't even paying attention. They didn't even know that the goal had been scored. It's the camera panned around. Like you can literally see it. And it's like, what are you even doing there? Like, I think we've talked about this before. How my buddy, my buddy from Philly was telling me that he always goes to games at Madison Square Garden. And, and he used to, when he still lives in the States, obviously. 
and he would go down to the front and he said, because all the Rangers fans on the glass, which is a very, very wealthy businessman who'd been gifted the corporate ticket yeah. and absolutely didn't respond when he would get in their face in his Philly jersey. Yeah, they wouldn't even know, like, they'd be like, what sport is this again? Like, yeah, well, he's like, they just didn't know how to react. He's like, fuck you. And they're like, oh, what do uh, I do? Um, this, isn't, this isn't the Davis Cup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there aren't any strawberries here. Oh, what do we do? Guys, I think we took a left because this is not Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not enough rich white people. Oh, hang on. There's probably quite a few, actually. And, and again, obviously, we are not saying all members of this fan base. The Rangers fan base is absolutely incredible and loyal. We're saying <laughs> small niche, small contingent <laughs> of people at the front with the very, very, very expensive seats appear to not give a much of a fuck. Yeah, what is saying that some of the people that sit on the glass just suck at everything? That's all. Not all. Did you see, did you see that kid at the uh, at the Boston game who tried to steal a stick out of the Senators' hands on the way back to the locker room after the win? No, but fucking what a legend! Holy shit! No, this this was so <laughs> shit. So he's obviously How sitting old in a very he? expensive playoff seat, uh, seat. Game six in Boston. Senators are making their way back down to the changing room after they've got the win. This is after people have already started throwing trash on the ice at them, which sucks. Oh, and man. one of the Sens guys has had his stick raised a little bit high, and the kids reached through the um. Like the guardrail, I guess, or whatever you'd like to call it. Oh, yeah, the and he barrier. To, he steals the stick. And the Senators player, whoever it was, is rightly going, yo, get fucked. And he's given him a little bit of a tap and yanked his stick back. So the guy turns around and complains, like, oh, he hit me with his stick. And then he's crying to security, like, no, 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 I'm the victim here. I may have tried to steal his property, but he hit me with his stick. All right, I retract my previous statement. That dude sucks. I don't even care how old he is. Yeah, no, he looks about 16 or 17, but I mean, like, Come on, kid, grow up. If you try and jack someone's shit, they're going to hit you back. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I I I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to dwell too much on the bees' loss. I think there's a lot more to talk about and a lot to take away. So I guess we'll get into it a little bit later as we get through the preview and we'll you know look at um, how the different teams went and what how the how we saw the east and west unfold. But let's get into the quick and not so shit hits. Yeah, we can. Before we do that, can I just suggest to everybody out there in Twitter land? Can you make sure you go and follow the Nashville Predators mascot account, which is Nash, G-N-A-S-H, zero, zero. He is an absolute roaster, and I'm having a great time. Some might say savage. Someone from St. Louis tweeted at him today, and they said, how does it feel to be the last of your species the Blues live on, long live the note? His response was, and I quote, it kind of feels like I woke up one day and my professional football team had moved to Los Angeles. (laughs) Uh, yeah, absolute savage, and tell him we sent you. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about Nash. Get around that. So go chuck him a cheeky, uh, cheeky Twitter follow, please. Yeah, man. All right, so looking at the B series for our quick and not so shit hits for the start of the show, like, although we're like 15 minutes deep, so get around us. Um, uh, you know, the six games is all it took for the Sens to knock it out. I think it was a hard-fought series. I think there's a lot to take away for B's fans. I think mm-hmm. Sens fans... I don't know if this, and maybe this is the end. Maybe this was the mountain they needed to climb, and then maybe that's the end of the day for them. I don't know. But so, you know, six games, Krejci was out. Um, Krug, Carlo, Colomilla was also out. Um, yep. I don't know. I feel like, like I said at the top of the show, the Bees making it through this far was just beyond expectations anyway for this group. So good on them. Obviously, you've got some good kids coming through with McAvoy. Um, obviously leading the charge and looking like a legend. Like, he looked like a season pro playing at fucking 19. Granted, he made some errors, but, you know, he still he still looked really good. Like, I watched a couple of B's games, um, at least the games that he started, and he looked really, really good. 
Um, Who doesn't make mistakes? Like today, for example, I didn't even know that there was new cover sheets for the TPS reports, right? Dude. I, I made that mistake. Everyone makes that mistake. Out there playing hockey. Dude. But it wasn't just him. Um, uh, Brandon Cullors obviously shown a lot this year. Um, I think the, the glimpse we saw of JFK is very promising, and I'm, I'm told that he has pretty much been guaranteed uh, a starting NHL role next year, so that'll be as a third-line centre. Uh, I think Sean Cor- uh, Corrales is great. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about it. What do you like better, that or the fact that the Habs were knocked out the day before? It's so hard because this, it, it, this becomes an overall philosophical question and tells you a lot about me as a person. No, no, what I totally I agree. What did I enjoy more? Me experiencing some success by way of the sporting team that I choose to root <laughs> for and financially invest in or, or me watching and I, <laughs> someone I really don't like having a shit time. So what did I like more? My own happiness yeah. or taking happiness from someone else's misery? Yeah, well, I know. It's a total line ball for me. And I mean, I feel like... There's there's an issue like now with the Habs because like I feel like this, this is it like this is the last year that their relevance um, can exist within the league. I feel like they've lost too much, they've traded away too much, and now they've got too many gaps that is not going to be filled um, with 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 players that are within right, their system. I'm, I'm going to pass the Habs in sixty seconds so we can move on. You ready? I I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm I'm keen to hear your thoughts though. All right, and look, it's a thought that a lot of people have had, um, some friends of ours, some people who aren't friends of ours, everyone knows what's up. I'm just articulating it on a podcast. <laughs> but Julian is a very, was a very good coach. He is probably no longer a super relevant coach, and you can see in their style of play that it was the same old Julian system. Uh, Shea Webber is a fantastic defenseman. He is not the puck mover that PK Subban was, and nope. people are automatically clinging to the, ha-ha, they've lost the trade. I'm yep. not going to be that guy. <laughs> this is not good news for you. Um I think Max Pacioretty got a hard time. I actually think he played really well just because he didn't score. It's not the end of the world. He's being very hard on himself. I don't know if it's because he is legitimately hard on, on himself or if he knows as a survival technique he needs to be hard on himself because of the Montreal press. Dude, I think Patches is actually a legitimate... Like, I think he's he, he's still the top lineup for me. And I think that, mm-hmm. granted, he didn't score. I th- His effort was good. I think he, he looked pretty good. It just... I don't know. He, maybe he had, just didn't he get lucky. He had 24 shots on goal in yeah. the series. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like, maybe he just didn't get lucky, right? You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think off the back of that, I think a lot of people are riding off the, the, the Weber trade. But I think Weber looks pretty good in a Habs uniform. I think he's played pretty yeah. well. He's just different to oh, PK. Look, he's fine. Like, I think he did really well. But I just don't think it's what they need. So here's the bottom line. They're going to extend Carey Price. They're going to pay him more than they're currently paying him. They're already hard just to, to keep him. Up. Um, they're going to do essentially what the LA Kings have done. They've paid a lot of money and long-term to Jonathan Quick Correct. and essentially making him one of their core players, which is a really big gamble when you make one of your goaltenders your core players, yeah. um, especially when they're already up against the cap. Um, all the language around Alex Galchenyuk would suggest that he's gone. He was relegated to the fourth line to, quote, evenly distribute the scoring, but he didn't do much of that. I think he'll be gone. They don't know where he fits. Um They've traded away all their picks and all their prospects in recent years for these bit role players. Uh, they don't really have any more prospects coming through from the AHL. So they, they don't have youth. They don't have prospects. They don't have draft pick options. They don't have any money. And the money they do have, they're going to commit to their goaltender without fixing what needs to be fixed up front, which is offense. I think they are fucked. I think the technical term is definitely cooked. 
They are well and beyond being relevant now. I think next year is going to be the aha moment for the Montreal press, and they're going to realize very quickly that there is very little that this team can do. They're, they're in a very similar position to another Canadian team, which is the Nux, but the Nux have the money, the picks, and the ability to turn it around within two to three years, whereas well, I... I think they've got a reasonable fan base. It seems like the Vancouver fan base is quite reasonable. And they quite understand. Patient, whereas but, the Montreal public is just... You need to make us good now because we are the Montreal Canadiens. But and, they won't commit to and, a full-blown and, and, and build. And that's it. That's it. That, but they're that, not, that's they're not the com- grounds for them being good. 100%. And they're not committing to a full-blown build, rebuild. They will just go, you need to go out and spend some money and get us some players. We're not rebuilding. Just fill the gaps. As opposed to a, Montre- a, a, a Maple Leafs point, a complete rebuild scenario where they're like, you know what? We're starting end-to-end. Everyone's gone. Phil Kessel, gone. We're not, we're not able to deal with that. Let's pick up a cheap-ass goaltender and work with him and let's let's pick up some kids and pump the team full of youth and you know maybe we'll pick up a, a vet at a, a deadline time and see if we can push for the playoffs. That is a completely different scenario and approach compared to what's going to come out of Montreal in the next few years, which is essentially just butthurt um, masquerading as pride. Like, let's be honest. Well, here's Montreal's thing too. They're going to buy into all the talk and they're going to like, right, we need to address this. We need a number one center. They're going to get so hard for a number one center that they're going to give away stupid amounts to get them. Like I could see them foolishly chucking Galchenyuk and a pick and a young stud for Matt Duchesne. 100%. Because they still believe. And, and for me, like at the moment, based on what I saw from Duchesne at the end of the year and based on Galchenyuk at the end of the year, they're not that dissimilar. Like wouldn't, yeah, I'd be looking to better utilize Alex Galchenyuk with another piece rather than trade him away. I, I think something like that is they're dumb. They're Mark Bergevin's stupid enough to make those kinds of moves. Hundred percent. I mean, we've seen it before in the past, and we obviously don't want to get too into it. But I mean, Galchenyuk was playing on the fourth line for how long? Like, it's just ridiculous. A dude who's that talented um, could flourish anywhere. So hopefully, he gets traded to a team he actually wants to play for, um, as opposed to. S- withering on the fourth line so you know i think that there's there's not much that's going to happen other than some stupid moves we're going to get some lols out of it and it's just really it's really just entertainment for us more than anything anytime the Habs fuck it we have a good time they're going to sign carry price to a seven year eight million dollar deal oh and blow all of their cash in one go and 36 hours after signing the deal he's going to tear his coin and then he's out for the season and they're going to run with al montoya and it's going to be terrifying well, yeah, well, terrifying for Habs fans at least, and but they're not going to have the time, nor the money, nor the nor the the willingness to improve on their on their list at any time. So, who cares? Moving on, um, what do we got next? Okay, we can talk about this. So, the LA Kings are promoted from within, which I kind of like. They've appointed John Stevens as their new head coach. Here's the and, thing: everyone's promoting well, from within at the minute. Vancouver also promoted from within from their AHL fi- affiliate. So I, I kind of dig that. Uh, well, I, I was thinking about this, right? And I kind of like it because it, it it shows that the Kings have a kind of, that they're on the same page and they've got a clear message and they've got a clear vision. But my concern is, I think the message and the vision is kind of wrong. Because by, from promoting from within and using a dude who understands and has been a part of the system that they've used and... Oh yeah, um, they're, they're saying know, the system's blah, blah, blah. not broken. It's kind of telling us they think they're only a retweak away from success as opposed to a full rebuild so whilst i think it's rad that they're in agreement they're wrong because they are more than a retweak away from being competitive again oh 100 and 
And what they're really doing is they're saying, you know what? Our vision makes sense. And, you know, we've got the right people here to do it. We just didn't have the right guy at the top. So now we just need to make a couple of tweaks. And maybe there's an off-season move. Maybe we don't protect one guy. And then we pick up another guy to do the same thing. No, I, I think you're right on the money that, you know, there's obviously... There, I think there's a philosophical debate going on in LA. And I think that they're all on the same page and they're all essentially blowing smoke up their, each other's ass. So like, yeah, we totally got it. Like, you know, maybe we need a little more speed as opposed to addressing the fact that they can't keep up with any team that can skate. Um, and th 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 I think that's the big problem that's coming out of LA right now. And I think it's funny. Like, I think that watching it unfold, like watching a team just like nosedive so quickly, I think it's going to be yeah. great for us. Like, 100%, we have a good time when shit goes wrong. Like, you know, like when someone's just having such a good time, then you know it's going to go bad. I feel like that's the LA Kings right now. Like, I feel like it's just going to go so terribly wrong. Well, John Stevens becoming a success there basically is essentially relying on two things. It's relying on Marion Gabryk remembering how to play hockey and Dustin Brown living up to his contract. <laughs> um, neither of these things is ever going to happen. So, so look, good luck, John Stevens. You seem like a smashing dude. This is not going to work out for you, my friend. This is so back here in reality. So here in the real world, none of those things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like he would need to be very seriously getting in a DeLorean, going back into, I, I think the only way to make those two players viable for the LA Kings is to get in the DeLorean, go back in time and somehow convince them to sign for a fraction of what the Kings are paying them at the moment. That's yeah. the only way that would work. Basically, they just need to go back to like 2007 and just fix everything. I mean... Yeah, that's, and, that's pretty much it. Or they could do themselves a favor and not protect them and let them go to let them go to Vegas. Yeah, but I mean, dude, like Vegas can only take one of them. Like there's only so there's only so much help George McPhee can provide. That's right. He, he he's he's really only there for, to like he's mainly there for comedic effects, like, and for the trial. Yeah. Like he's George not there McPhee to fix your list. A lot of things. <laughs> even <laughs> he, even he, is not terrible enough. Like if he were given the opportunity and he was allowed to, even he would not take Marion Gabrick and Dustin Brown. I like, feel like he would literally laugh. Bad. He would laugh at that call. He'd be like, "Are you serious right now?" Like, no, he would be like an NHL two K where you're trying to make a ridiculous yeah. trade and it says, "I didn't get this far in the Las Vegas organization <laughs> yeah, yeah, by yeah. making boneheaded deals like this." You're gonna have to sweeten the pot if you want the Golden yeah. Knights to come to yeah. the table. Sidebar: The Golden Knights have only been around for about three seconds, so fuck off. Yeah. Still pretty good. Oh hey, the God. Norris candidates were officially nominated, and I've expected Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, and someone we've kind of all forgotten to talk about this year. Um, Vic Hedman with a 70-point season. So, obviously, smashing trio of defensive candidates. Uh, I still think, uh, I don't know, Eric Carlson's quite a hot story at the moment. Oh, Carlson's got it. Like I feel like every year when it comes to the Norris piece, it's always Eric Carlson, Either Brent Burns or Drew Doughty, and then someone yeah. else, and literally, and, and then a Smokey. Yeah, and so all they need to do is is literally just write Eric Carlson's name in until he stops scoring, scoring or like breaks both his legs or something, and then yeah, that's true. And then so literally every other year they rotate out Burnsy or or the Doughboy, and then and, and then every year it's just someone else. Like it doesn't even matter who it is. Like I'm not trying to discredit like Victor the Headman Headman. Like I think he's a legend and he played really well, but. It doesn't really yeah, matter yeah. who's there. Like it just—he's just—he's well, just—he's a bit dude. He's just like they're like every year. It's just like, well, you're obviously not going to win. Like it's obviously going to cast. Like he's winning. Like well, 
Look at By him. By the way, too, Carlton may as well have been playing at a broken leg. Two hairline fractures in his heel, and he's still killing it. What a warrior. Absolutely. Like, dude's a horse. And, like, speaking of other things that don't really matter, like Carlson's injury, the Lady Bing candidates were, nominated, were released this weekend. So, who gives a fuck? But they are for those who want to play along at home. Johnny Godero, Mikhail Grundland, and... Can you stop saying Godro? It's Godro. Godro. My bad. It, ups, it upsets me so much when you say Godro. <laughs> so you know what? It sounds like, it sounds like someone guess... bought you a GoPro for Christmas and you still can't get your head around it. You know what? I'm sticking to it. And Sarasenko came in last. You know what? I don't I don't even care. Do you care? Nah, but the only thing I do care about, I want to rename it from the Lady Bing to the Lol Bung. Yeah. <laughs> like Silent Bob. <laughs> bung. Exactly, Lol Bung. Hey, um, as, for the, as for the Vezin of the finalists, they're in, obviously, it's the Bob, the Holt Beast, and Carey Price. I think the Bob's got it stitched up. No, I reckon Holtby's going to get it two years in a row. You're an idiot. It's obviously Sergey the Bob. Well, do you know Sergey? Because I very well know Sergey. Well, I'd make you another slab bet, but I'd hate for you to win me two slabs of Dr. Pepper. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that because I'm going to drink at least half of it. <laughs> You're so. going to drink half of it anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I don't give a shit either way, to be perfectly honest. Oh Look, we're just, drink, we're just going to drink it anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't hey, matter. Um, credit, credit where credit's due with the Send series win as well because a couple of good stories. One, Craig Anderson played out of his head. Um, oh, my and God. And he's obviously had a very tough year, he and his wife. So genuinely happy to see him succeeding on the ice. And did you see that she actually showed up to game six oh, to support him? What a feel-good moment where, he, like, at the end of the game, he rocks out, gives the hug, has a chat. How do I play? How are you feeling? What an absolute legend. Like, whole, the whole story is just unreal. Like, yeah. oh, my God. And and you got to respect the fact, too, Clark MacArthur scoring the game-winning goal in game six, having missed most of the last two seasons with a concussion. Big redemption story. I've got no beef. I don't dislike the Ottawa Senators. I like the way they play the game, apart from Mark Borowiecki. Um, good on you guys. Top yeah. Top well, draw. How much talk was there, um, you know, late, early this year, let him retire, he's not coming back, like it's too 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 hard of an injury to come back from. Just, you know, you know, give him the contract to the end of the year and let him... And then, you know, he's playing like full-on minutes and he's doing such a good job and he scores the game-winning, the series-winning goal. Like, what a ledge. Like, I, I, I might think go, that's a good I might story. go add him to my, uh, my team on NHL 2K to celebrate. You definitely should. Um, speaking of maybe other I'll, good maybe news. Maybe I'll put him on the line with Zach Cassian. Yes. Actually, you know what? That'd probably be pretty good. Um, <laughs> off the, off, you know, more good news. Cam Fowler and Colin Wilson are back skating for the Ducks and the Preds. So that's great news. Reinforcements on the way for the te- teams out west where things are going to be heating up this uh the, the back half, I think, see, you know, round two is going to get really interesting out in the West. Chris Kunitz is back, so the coattail riding motherfucker is going to be back to give us more shit. <laughs> I feel like the, this next round is just going to get out of control. Um, I, so, surely now we can we can pause for a minute and talk about the 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 Subban Weber trade and really think about now that the Preds nah, have scorched. Nah, I don't want to do it. Everyone's already jumping on the Subban and Weber <laughs> trade. Now, we, now, now we've got to clearly define winner. I want to wait like, you know when I want to wait? I want to wait to when the National Predators win the Stanley Cup and I want to wait till PK Subban has his day where he gets to take the cup, not only back home, but he, he, he gets an exception perhaps and he gets a second day with the cup and he goes back to Montreal because you know how he's a big children's hospital guy. I'm assuming he'd do that. But and I want him to do what everyone suggested Phil Kessel should do. 
and I want him to stand in the middle of Montreal with a cup over his head and a hot dog saying, fuck you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then take it to the kids to let them play with it because what an absolute legend. You know what? I, I feel like the big tell for this is going to be how far the Preds go. Um, and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get to that later on. We'll get to that later on. Do you know what would be fantastic? If they ever make a movie about P.K. Subban's life, right? Imagine the scene where he takes the cup to Montreal, but he does it in secret, right? And he doesn't take it into the streets. And he goes he to have sneaks it in in like a giant and he cowboy walks in, And he walks right. in and he's still got his swipe card somehow. Like yeah, I yeah, see yeah. it left it <laughs> after for him. And he goes back into the building and he walks upstairs to Bergevin's office and he's wearing like a ten thousand dollars suit. He's looking born. And, and, and he walks and a in there and Don't he puts the, the cup down on the desk and he says, Look at it, Mark. That's as good as it's gonna get, and then just walks right out again. <laughs> Which is effectively taking a giant shit on his desk, but in a more metaphorical and hilarious way. Maybe he sits in the cup and then perches his butt cheeks over the over the cup and then does a shit on Mark Bergeron's desk and walks out. Or he like rides it like one of those mechanical cowboy like one of those mechanical bulls on his desk like with the butt hanging out the side with the cowboy hat askew potentially occasionally pulling it off screaming the yeehaw putting it back on the hat on the head with you know maybe just some little poos running down the side just to just to really let him know that that the Habs suck really you know the other way though too maybe he's the bigger man and that would be even more amusing that someone like a reporter says to him on do you have anything that you would like to say to your former general manager, Mark Bergevin? And he just looks right at the camera and he smiles and says, no, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and he, and he goes third person on them and he says, BK has nothing left to say yeah. and just leaves it at that. <laughs> he go, so he goes on Mike Yo on it and he goes, not on a Tuesday, mate. Sorry, not today. No, no. <laughs> don't answer, oh, you mean, don't oh, answer questions like that. Hey, it's Mike Yo. <laughs> yeah, don't answer questions like that on a Tuesday. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, What? Oh my oh, god! My god, classic. Hey, um, a couple of a couple of bits of tough guy news before we move on as well. Jumbo Joe played the entire Oilers series with the twenty CL and MCL. What a legend! Which is ridiculous because I stubbed my toe the other day and needed a nice pack of three days. And um, Patrice Bergeron spent the entire season nursing a sports hernia. Jesus Christ! Fucking tough guy. I know. Right? So he's also he's the thing with the Sharks. What do you reckon they do with Marlowe? And and Jumbo, like, what do you reckon they do for for the next season? What like, what do you what do you see happening? And this is quick and not so shit hit. So in in terms of quickness, what do you see happening yeah. with them with them right now? If, if, if they if they're both smart about it, right? The Sharks aren't that far away from still being like they're like they're still a legitimate team. Like they well, pushed the good. Oilers in the first round of the playoffs. They had a good year. I feel they were let down a lot by Martin Jones this season as well. If I'm the Sharks, right, I have a very real conversation. You say right. Joe, Patrick, you're both older men. You've both got families. You're very settled in the Bay Area. The last thing you want to do is uproot your kids from school, yada, yada, yada. And you both come back for $3 million on a one-year deal. Yeah. Like, 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 I need this money. And you say, what we can do, each of you takes a pay cut. You go on half. It's not like you need the fucking money anyway. That way, your family life's not impacted. Come back with $3 million to play in NorCal. $6 million you guys are collectively saving us. We're going to go out. We're going to get that missing piece for you, and we're going to go one more time. What do you say? Yeah, and but I think the concern then for management becomes how do they replace both players like in such a short time? Like if they replace them with with younger bit players, then obviously it's not going to work, and it's going to be hard. And if they let Jumbo go to wherever he was, or or if he chooses to retire, which he may well do, um, 
and so, same with same with Marlowe. Like the concern is if they don't get them back in, even if they don't get them back at a cut rate, what do they do? Like, what's the big question? So if you're the, sh- I agree. If you're the Sharks, you're going at them hard to see one if they'll stay for an extra year, and two if they'll take a pay cut just to, for good bloking it to see what the next chance is, like what what's coming up next. You know what I mean? Well, let, let me put it to you like this: If you're a fan. Like you're a long-term San Jose Sharks fan, you're a season ticket holder. 100%. What would you rather see from your organization? And there's only one of two answers. Would you rather see them go all in, full eggs in the basket, retool, and give it one last legitimate crack to win a cup, or would you rather see them play conservatively, looking long-term down the road, not go all in for the cup in a year that you might have been a shot, and then commit to a rebuild that you're gonna commit to anyway? Every every fan knows the answer to that. It's go all in, baby, and see how it goes. Roll the dice. If, I, if, if I'm a Sharks fan and they and, and the GM and the coach and the playing staff and everyone's like, fuck it, balls out, we are in. This is the bold move we're making and they try and it doesn't work. At least they fucking tried. There's At least plenty they give of it people a go. who root for sports teams in a number of different codes who conservatively sit there and don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And you they know, get like, look at the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. Like, they sit there and they meander along and they make a careful move and a little piece and a little piece. They never fucking get anywhere, and now they're completely cooked anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to say they're the Sharks. I think that they're, they're too cool of an organization, and I, I like the dudes. So I'd like to see Jumbo and and and, um, and Marlo come back, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. You know, I, I do feel that it'd be great to get them back and just to see. I just want to see what happens. You know what I mean? Like it's like like that a potential Disney Disney story. Like what is going to happen? Like who's the hero? Like. You know, is, is Logan Couture the leader they always needed? Like, is Jumbo is Jumbo just does he fade into the background as the 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 on ice coach? You know what I mean? Like, it, and who occasionally props up a fucking you know sick month of hockey? And you know, maybe they retool and they kick out Marty, pick up you know, maybe a Mark Andre Andre Fleury. You know, maybe they do something cool and then all of a sudden the team's on on rebound and then they're going for it. I feel like there's a there's a Cinderella story coming out of the Sharks. I feel like you know who I think the most interesting potential. team in free agency is, though? Who's that? The Maple Leafs. See, here's the thing, Ryan. You've got Marnie, you've got Nylander, and you've got Matthews on those affordable entry-level rookie deals for two more years, right? Correct. So your three best players are only costing you $2.7 million so collectively. They're, they're collectively costing a, a year you for, for like two more years. So a, a pizza right? and coke combo from Dominoes. And, and they, they've got nothing. a good young defense. They've got Morgan Riley. They've got Jake Gardner. Freddie yeah. Anderson's been great. You know what? They've got that much money. Throw everything at the two best free agent defensemen on the market oh, on, on, on short-term deals. So Kevin Shattenkirk, right? Go, you know what? Go hard. Three years, $25 million. Go hard. Like, and here's pay the him thing, over. Right? Pay him over. And you, you can go back to New York and play for them for the last five years of career. Pay him $25 million for three yeah, years to no come and cares. play. It's pretty and, and power that And power that, uh, that power play and win a cup. Who is the most tradable player for the Maple Leafs right now? Well, they want to get rid of Taylor Bozak. Um, I, I think, think James Van can probably get them trade value, but they don't need to trade. That's the thing. They've got picks coming out the wide they do. and they've got cap space. I think for Pay the... Shattenkirk overs and... Bring him in. I don't know. Gun for someone else and bring him in and go... Have... Imagine they won a Stanley Cup and their three top scorers were earning less than a million dollars each year. Insane, right? Absolutely insane. Absolute insanity. Yeah, I reckon 100% I think JVR is the most tradable player on that on that list right now. He makes no sense. Um, in terms of he he can't skate with the boys like he's too he's 
He's too big. He doesn't make sense for their system. He will be gone. Um, and so I think they will use that to pick up their bit player and then they'll fl- you know, flourish on maybe a, a big, maybe a Shattenkirk, maybe a, someone else. That's, that they, cause you don't know what Babcock's going to do, but I definitely see JVR making the move elsewhere. He doesn't make sense there. Maybe he'll fucking... I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I've ah. watched a lot of Maple Leafs games this year and I think JVR's been really good. He's looked really good. He, at times, has been their shining light on offense when the kids were finally quietened down. I think he's really good and he should stay. Because I, I don't think I'm not they disagreeing need to trade good. anybody. They've I'm not got disagreeing. cap space and they've got picks. They don't have to get rid of anyone. They can choose to. They don't have to. Yeah, oh, I, I'm not disagreeing. I think that he's... I think that he's great. I've always liked JVR, well, but I don't think kind, he works. Kind of sounds like you are, John. No, I just like don't think he are. works there anymore. And I think that they'll they'll take a youth approach and they'll look at you know picking up some some veteran D men because who 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 can say no to a little bit of veteran D? Well, clearly you can't. Hey, and finally, <laughs> before we move on, uh, and we talked about this earlier today, the Arizona Coyotes announced that season tickets start at four hundred dollars. So for forty-one home games. That's $9.75 a game, and apparently there's an all-you-can-eat buffet option included. Kane, so all-you-can-eat beers, hot dogs. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I am. That, that's so that. I'm thinking about looking for jobs in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, just just to be able to go. I mean, yes, we'd have to like go to Yotes games with like the four or five other people in Arizona that care, but you know what? Who cares? I'm, at least I'm getting a hot dog out of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally cool with that. I'm just watching, I'm just reading my cousin on Instagram. He's in Seattle and he's just being a super white Australian dude. Huh. He's standing in the street watching police break up a fight and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, congratulations. You are talking about things we have all seen a great many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like such a, like a boring thing now. <laughs> I, need to, I need to say this. Like, I love my cousin, but he actually used the words world star hip hop. I might have to unfollow him. I yeah, definitely. It's a it's the subtle unfollow. Yeah, the, hey, we're still friends. I'm just not going to pay attention to your feed for a few days or years. Hey, so let's talk about our favorite uh, Goldilocks Buffalo Center Jack Eichel for a minute. Quick correction, re last week as well because this has annoyed me and all my huff and puff. I said that Jack <laughs> Eichel attended BC. He attended BU. You obviously knew what I was talking about because you're a well informed bunch of legends. But I, was, I had my knickers in a twist and I said Boston College. He obviously played for Boston University. I am sorry. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a slew of legends that are from from that university as well. So just to look look, look at the, the list no, of names. No, we, we, we don't need to bother reeling them off because I've already offended the alum enough. Let's just move on. Let's yeah. just move on. <laughs> Let's move on. So, All right. Uh, but uh, the uh, point was it was rumored <laughs> last week Jack Eichel, via his agent, he told the Sabres he wouldn't ink an extension if Dan Bosner is at the helm. Michael strongly denied this. And then what happened, John? Uh, both Bilesma and GM Tim Murray have been given the fired. And now they have, they are now looking for new options. So let's... Would you say they were fired? Or if this was the Simpsons Visit Australia episode, they were given the boot? I feel like more importantly, they were given the fuck off and take your, your little fucking cat with you. I feel like it was a, it was a, a closed door meeting with Eichel and he was like, you know what? I am fucking done with this. We need some changes. I don't, I, do, you reckon, do you reckon they sat there though? And they said, sir, we can't take you seriously. You look like Justin Timberlake in 2006. And he's like, you know what? Get past the hair for a minute. 
Alright? Fucking just stop look at me from the forehead down and listen to what I've got to say. And the the following things were said. This team's dog shit get behind me and fucking fire the boys. And they've gone, you know what? Okay, Jack. Okay. I kinda I kinda back it because here's <laughs> what it tells us, right? Saber's ownership, unlike the Habs, they've backed their star over their coach. Because they have. the Habs obviously backed Michelle Therrien over PK Subban. Uh. That has backfired horribly. They've made the right decision. At the end of the day, oh, pardon me, I'm just having a drink. Um, Jack Eichel is a stud. He is a cornerstone player. Give him whatever he wants and make him happy. So, look, they made the right decision in that sense. However, <laughs> however. And this is a big however, boy, mind you. Oh, boy, does Jackie boy need to deliver. So, let me ask you this, though. So, next year, what are the yeah. success criteria? Not just for Jack, but for the Jack Eichel Sabres. Um, because now he is essentially being appointed savior, martyr, owner, GM, mascot, uh, jersey front-facing logo, basically hot everything. Dog hot dog man, uh, ticket scalper, anything that clean, toys, you know, cleans the toilets at the end of the game. He is essentially everything Buffalo Sabres um, to the point that the team is now being called uh, the Jack Eichel Sabres and to the point that the whole town is just changing its name. So... What are the success criteria? Is the success criteria right. playoffs? Are they? Right. He has to be a top ten scorer. Oh, yeah, dude, there, there is criteria for sure. Now he's got KPIs. He's like one of us normies in an office now. Jack Eichel, after this move, has to have the following things. Point A: uh, an ultrasound needs to confirm that he does in fact have King Kong size nuts. I think you'll point find B, that that will be a big fat yes, hundred percent. Point Point B: He needs to finish as a top ten scorer in the NHL. No ifs, buts, maybe. No, he no has injuries. to be. He needs to be a top ten scorer. Simple as that. Even if he is injured, he has to be top ten anyway. Like a hundred percent. Like yep. he has to nail it. For me, I think he needs to build that individual brand recognition. You've got Connor in Edmonton. You've got Austin in Toronto. He needs to elevate himself to the point, not just as a player, but as an advocate of the sport, that he is mentioned in the same breath as those guys, and he is he is a hero to the kids. And you know what that means, though? For me, that means playoffs. So for me, I think if 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 there is no success out of Buffalo, that is a huge indictment on Eichel and that he has basically fucked it for the boys. So my question for you then, John, how do Buffalo make the playoffs given that their blue line is total dog shit, <laughs> that they've got organizational chaos and that currently they do not have a coach or general manager and, let's be honest, pretty much the best coaching candidate have already been snapped up by other teams. So let's say you are a potential UFA or you're a potential trade piece with a no-move clause and someone says, yo, Buffalo's interested. At the moment, you're like, fuck no. <laughs> so this is this is exactly the same conversation that would have been had with any UFA um, prior to the Leafs rebuilding. Someone's gone, yo, the Leafs are really interested in you. 100%, your immediate reaction was, fuck no, anyone else I'll even go play for New Jersey and now you've got to add Buffalo to the list it's like straight away the the, the Buffalo Eichels are at the bottom of everyone's list they play like shit they look like shit um, the, the, I feel well, like did, it's just did you know the number one team in the league that players say that's not a destination I'll play in is actually Winnipeg really yeah which I found quite surprising and I wonder if it's a it's a historic sentiment because I think you look at them now and you're like, man, there's a lot of young talent there. They're one player and maybe a coaching change away from from being quite legit. But there's a I lot to like out surprising. of the Jets, though. Like, there's a, there's a lot. We, we've talked about, about, about the peg a lot. Like, 
there's a lot to like. There's a lot to enjoy about their game. There's a lot. If you know, if you're a pending UFA, you're like, you know what? I I wouldn't be too hard pressed to go play for them. But I, that's, yeah. That's what I, I feel like. Buffalo now is just they've like they've elevated themselves or you know reduced themselves to just beyond like players would be lining up to go play for Vancouver instead of instead of Buffalo right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, here's the other thing that Jack Eichel needs to do as well. His game needs to be elevated to the point and his profile needs to be elevated to the point and therefore, you know, his level of self-belief. He needs to be a recruiting tool for that organization in the same way that McDavid was for Edmonton. 100%. Like he Luke, is a, he like has Luke to be the big swing the Oilers dick. because he's like, I want to play with Connor. 100%. He has to be that big swinging dick to bring in the dudes. He has to bring in... He has, he has to bring in the other big names. Like, and I mean, you've also got Ryan O'Reilly there. He's not a big enough... He, Eichel has just... He's literally taken the crown and forced it on his noggin. And now he's like, you know what? I'm the king. Come at me. I'm taking this team as far as it needs to go. But I don't know. I, I He has two... I feel like there's a lot of success factors there. Like that's And that's one guy. Yeah. That's, that's not even the whole team. It's just you, one dude. You know what I saw on Twitter, which was interesting? What was Someone that? said the only way Chicago can get out of their cap crunch... They should trade Patrick Kane back home to Buffalo. Wow, Jesus! That you know what? I, I don't want to discredit it because I'd love to see it happen. Because like, obviously, obviously, no Patrick Kane go home. He's, he's a big. He's, he's from Buffalo. Go home. Be the king of Buffalo. Well, let me ask you this: Should Patrick Kane play hockey or do anything within the city limits in Buffalo, New York? Go. He's just as poorly behaved in Chicago, but it's just better controlled by the team's PR. Yeah, good call. Good call. Anyway, let's get into the uh, the week two playoff review. Obviously, last week. Uh, well, not playoff review, sorry. We should say the, the, the brief review slash round two preview. Yeah, so obviously, uh, we now have a number of teams that are through now. Um, it's I think it's going to be a really exciting second round. The first round yielded... Phenomenal hockey. We saw eighteen overtime games. That disagree. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be great, man. What's wrong with you? Disagree. I agree with some of what you're saying. That the first round was fantastic. The huge number of overtimes was fantastic. The storylines were fantastic. Disagree. Round two, the Eastern Conference. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I I feel like it's so funny though because I was looking at the West today. I'm like, man, that's going to be really interesting to watch. And I I kind of agree that the, the East is the more vanilla of the matchups. Like it feels because we we were we've been ragging on the West this year of like, oh, you know, the 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 teams are basically locked in for like the last two months of the season, so it doesn't really matter and blah blah blah. Like, and we've been talking about how funny it is because the parity's now shifted towards the East, and now we're like, oh, but you know what? There's some pretty exciting hockey coming out of the West. Well, the big boys come out to play. Well, okay, look at this, right, with the West. So the Preds swept the Hawks 4-0. The Blues beat the Wild 4-1. The Oilers beat the Sharks 4-2. And the Ducks swept the Flames 4-0. Each of those series had a very clearly defined and enjoyable storyline. You had the Preds being the eighth seed and Pecorino playing out of his head. You had Minnesota statistically being the best team and losing. You had the young Oilers beating the old Sharks. And you had the Ducks out of nowhere sweeping the Flames. Very, very good. Look at the East, right? Yeah, the so the East the is Hats. a little bit like, different. Eh, yeah. And so shit, the Senators beat the, Bl- the, the Bruins. The Bruins, yeah. you're like, eh, they're both shit. Yeah. Who cares? The Pens beat the BJs. Eh, like we love the BJs. Knew. So the only storyline was... Honestly, eh, and the Capitals beat the Leafs. 
So you goddamn should. Yeah, I mean, the only storyline in the East really was how far can the pen, the um, the how how much can the pens beat the shit out of the Blue Jackets, and then conversely, how far will the Leafs go? Like they were really, but I mean, all the storylines came out of the West, and so. The Easter is a little bit more vanilla now. So, obviously, we've got the, the Rangers-Senators matchup and the Pens-Caps matchup. Um, I think the Rangers-Senators matchup is probably going to be super vanilla and no one really cares who wins. Like, either way, you've got a That's very... That's not true. Andy from Cheapskate Hockey cares. He does. And you know what? Shout out to them. But I feel like either way, you've got a very capable team going through either way. And it's not really a thing. Penguins-Caps... This is probably the the only series in the East that really matters, and it's the it's the series that everyone's been waiting for. You know what I mean? Oh, another rematch! It's the same thing that happens every couple of years. The Pens go up against the Capitals, the Capitals lose, and the Penguins go all the way through. All right. Well, I'm going to frame it for you like this because I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Because again, there's people with far greater statistical analysis than us breaking it all down. Oh yeah, we don't have time for it. Very simple. We're going to go off gut. So the Preds are playing the Blues. Who have you got? I want one pro for each team and one con for each team. Preds, Blues, go. Uh, so I took the Blues, um, and I think this okay. one so this one for me was the big line ball, mainly because this is 100% the battle of the goaltenders, and it will be. It's 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 Alan V. Rene, and I think it's whoever breaks the goalie first wins the series. And I think it's going to be probably one of those series like the Caps... Uh, Leaf series will go to 2-2 and then someone will triumph because they'll figure out how to destroy the goalie and maybe the goalie might get injured. Whoever, I don't, but for me, I think Jake Allen will prevail simply because he's a little bit more hardy and he played the shit out of it, stole a few periods and played really well. So I feel like it's the Blues for me. I'm going to respectfully disagree and go with the Preds because it's not a goalie battle because the Preds, if Pecorino has an off night, They've got the single best defense in the NHL to bail him out. Furthermore, furthermore, I feel like Jake Allen has blown his load. Nice. He's proven the, da- he's proven the haters wrong. He's proven the doubters wrong. He's played out of his head. And you he's think he's gassed. Playoff series. He's goaltending coach Marty Brodeur. He's like, hey, Jake, I told you you could do it. And he's like, yeah, I could fucking do it. And so he believes. And now, and now he's gassed. And now he relaxes and yeah. it all falls apart. Well, Present th- six. Do you think that this this series is going to be like pretty rough? Like, I feel like I feel like that this is going to be like a pretty decent series to watch in terms of like I think it's going to get pretty nasty at the end because like not a lot of people expect the Preds to be there, not a lot of people expect the the Blues to be there. So I think it's kind of underrated matchup. So it's going to be really interesting well, to see. I think if you look at my early season Stanley Cup predictions, <laughs> someone expected the Natural Predators to be there. And was that you, Cam? Yeah, look, it was me at the start of the year that expected the National <laughs> Predators to be there, and they were also at the top of my bracket. So go fuck yourself. Mad. So who have you got um, for the Oilers matchup? Who have you got? I've Oilers in seven over the Ducks. It's going to be a very physical series. You are going to have like the Exgar, um, Kessler, all those dudes trying to play very physical, grinding hockey. They're going to uh, try and beat the, the shit out of them. And that's fine. Except Pat Maroon, Zach Cassian, and Milan Lucic are not going to take too kindly to that. And I think, I think Pat Maroon's obvious knowledge of the Ducks, the fact that he was a Duck, and the fact that he's been playing very well this year will be great. Zach Cassian ain't afraid of no man. And I think you get your $7 million a year value out of Luch. This is where you get it. Yeah, well, I, I agree that this is going to seven. I have the Ducks taking it based on experience. And oh, you they, are, Pat. They have, they have, 
they have their I guess they've got their the get worried. They're like, oh, they're this unknown factor now because they've come out of they've 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 hit the they've hit the ground running and I think they've got momentum and I think a, a Ducks team with momentum is scary. Um, watching them destroy the last matchup has been almost like like a breath of fresh air. You're like, oh, the Ducks are still a good team. That's right. Like, yeah, and, and that's that's why I think I I agree it's going to seven. Um, I think this will be this will be a Ducks um, that just make it happen based on experience, which is not which is not indictment on the Oilers seven, at all. By the way, game seven will be tied at two all. There'll be 22 seconds left in the game. Connor McDavid's going to break it out of his own zone. He's going to go coast to coast, Bobby Orr style. He's going to score the most beautiful goal of the last 12 months, and everyone's going to go bananas. And then all of a sudden, the NHL gets the series they need, and Batman will do whatever he can to give your boy the reach around. Uh, yeah, and I don't blame him. All right, moving <laughs> out to the east. So, one, pens. so the Caps pens, I took the Caps based on pure hope alone. Um, mm. However, that being said, when reality sets in, I do think the pens will eventually take it. I, I agree that with you as well that I think that it's going to go to a seven-game series. I think this... I mean, a lot of round twos go to, to seven games based on the fact that the teams are gassed. Um, the, the, the teams play a little bit more reserved in the second round. They're obviously a bit more physical, but that being said, they're less risky. Um, like, power plays mean everything in the second round. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the, the Caps have the mental edge to get over that cliff, you know what I mean? Like, I I just hope that guys like TJ Oshie is playing out of his skin, like Mojo, who has um, had an incredible series. I hope the guys get on board and, and it's not the Capitals of old. I hope it's the Capitals that go, you know what? This is our fucking last chance. Let's go for it because everyone knows that this Capitals team is going to get fucking pillaged at um, a trade deadline and with obviously with the expansion draft, they're going to get this, this, this team is going to be raped and pillaged of, of any, anyone and everyone that's got a decent contract um, and who's played well. So I feel like hopefully that storyline alone will be, yeah, this is our last chance together as this group. Let's go for it. Let's bring over his cup. But I think the Pens are going to fight really hard against it. I feel it's going to be, they're going to be hard up against the wall and the Pens will beat them with experience and, and you know disbelief. What? You know what? I agree. And I'm not just saying that to jinx you. And I'm, I'm not just fucking with you. I legitimately believe the Capitals have got it in seven. And I think it's for all the reasons you've just said. And I think that they've demonstrated that they've now got secondary scoring. And I think the hero is going to be Mojo. And dare I say, because I like my dream game seven scenarios, Tom Wilson will score the game winner. Well, it's funny. Tom Wilson has emerged as someone who can actually play hockey, not just cave in dudes' faces. Um, and, I, and that's it's great. Crazy, crazy behavior. So he, he stole a couple of games. Mojo stole a few periods. Um, Holtby was ordinary in the in the series, like against the Leafs. Let's be honest. And I I don't know. I feel like um, the Pens are, I guess, a little damaged at the minute. But I feel like the way they just easily dispatched of the BJ's, like they literally picked the snot from the nose and flicked it like a kid who doesn't give a fuck. They literally they didn't even care. And I feel like that swagger that they bring in from we've got the cup behind us we already know we don't care Sid's playing out of his head um, it's, it's going to be a fucking unreal series but I think I don't know I feel like the Pens have still got it but I've picked the Caps for pure hope's sake just because I need to otherwise I'll get roasted Caps in seven I'm into it now the last series I'm changing my pick Rangers v Sens I'm taking the Sens in seven. Oh, really 
Yep. And do you know why? Why, Cameron? Why? Dude, Eric Carlson has blown my mind. Like, watching him dance around, not oh. just Boston's defense, like Boston. He is an series, actual stud. It was, it was incredible. He makes everyone around him better. It was amazing. And it was funny. Somebody kept saying, one of the color commentators was like, oh, people are like, put body on him and hit him. And they're like, you can't yeah, hit dude. him. You can't. He's, just, him. he's too Good fast. Luck. But he's he is just he is just a revelation. I mean, I totally agree. Like he just looks sick. I don't know if this is the thing for me. I picked the Rangers, and I think the main reason for that is I don't know if uh, my questions are really on the sense. I don't know if they've got uh, if they if they've got the I guess the energy left. Like I think the the Bruins series they had a I feel like they had a lot of luck in that series, and I feel like. It was fairly evenly matched, and I think the the real standout was was um, obviously was obviously your boy Eric Carlson. I think I don't know if he's got it left in him. Like he's obviously playing with an injury. I don't know why you'd come out and say that at the end of a series. Like I feel like you'd only say that like once you've been eliminated or if you win. Like I don't know. I feel like it's too early to reveal that you've you've got an injury. Like when as soon as I heard that, I'm like. Whoa, like, why would you say that now? Why wouldn't you just keep that under wraps for a bit? Like, now everyone's going to be like, oh, so when they lose, oh, he's carrying an injury, you know, well, like, maybe the team is gassed and like, oh, you know, we're done now. So, you know, we'll just go and get mm. beat up by the Rangers. I don't know. I feel like it's an, an early excuse, you know what I mean? Like, it's too soon to say shit like that. I'm into it. I, I think that, you know what? Fuck it. Dead a dream, baby. Sends in seven. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like we've picked a lot of a lot of seven gamers here, but I, I think that at this point of the year, a lot of the series go to seven games. I don't know if there's a real stat on that or whatever, but I just have that feeling Ooh. this year. Oh, guess what? There's the Ottawa 67s, and Ottawa won their round one series in six games. They're going to win their round two series in seven games. The Ottawa 67s, it all makes sense. Ottawa in seven. Yep, Done. checks out. Totally checks out. Kind of, with that kind of sound scientific reasoning, we can't lose. No, 100%. No, I, I'm still back in the Rangers, though. Um, I, just, I just don't think the Senators have it left in them. I think getting over the hump was too much. Um, so, I mean, huge, huge round two, man. Um, I know you're not super into it, but I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see how it goes. I think. No, I'm super into it. I'm just super into the Western half. I just don't care for your Eastern half because I just don't think the Rangers and the Senators are going to be particularly exciting. And I just don't care about another Sid V O V battle. Like I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I see this. It feels like every Wednesday night rivalry night. Is this Sid, Sid V I I need to check the stats on how many times. It must be like every time the Pens play the Caps, it's on a Wednesday night rivalry night. Like every time, no matter what. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Yeah. It's like the NHL are just like bored of it now. That it's like, what are we gonna do? I know Pens Caps. That'll that'll make us some money. I'm fucking sick of it. I've had it. And on that note, John, we've also had it this evening because that brings us to the end of the show. Yeah, man. So we just hit the one hour running time. You all ask for longer episodes. Here they are. Um, we're pushing over an hour now just based on the amount of rubbish shit talk that we do. But we always respect the sidebar, Cam. Always. Always respect that sidebar, baby. Always. Always. So there you have it. Um, the Rangers uh, playing the Senators. The Penguins are playing the Capitals. The Preds are up against the Blues. And the Oilers kick it off against the Ducks tomorrow. Huge matchups mm-hmm. coming out of the East and West. That is your round two. This is episode 49. Cam, make sure you hit us up on all of our socials, to which you're managing effectively. Some might even say, out of your head. 
Thank you. And I would also say next week will be episode 50. 50 episodes. You know what? We should, we should, maybe we should do something special. I don't know. Maybe we should bring a few extra bureaus. Maybe, maybe a guest or two. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to do? Maybe I'll take the day off after, uh, yeah, after I'll take the day off work or something and we'll get real rowdy. How's that sound? Like, that might be nice. Or maybe we'll just, like, go to bed, like, you know, ripping adults we are. Yeah, I'm into that too. Yeah, man. So this is where Holy Pock Podcast. Round two is kicking off tomorrow. Stay tuned. We're going to give you all the advice, all the all the hilarious comments. Cam's going to obviously say something obtuse and upset a Senators fan soon. Um, because the same thing happened last year and the year before that and the year before that. <laughs> and history is bound to repeat itself. Absolutely. So we are Holy Park Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm John. This is Cam. This is episode 49 in the bank. Bye, friends.